Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. My name's Richard Nash. I'm 57 and I'm a clinical specialist physiotherapist in the musculoskeletal team, uh, specifically working in the orthopaedic triage department. So Richard, you've joined me today to talk about living with Parkinson's disease, which is a condition in which parts of the brain become progressively damaged over many years. Let's go right back to the beginning. Tell me about the first sign that you had from okay. your body that made you think, oh, do you know what? I think I should visit the GP. So it was the summer of 2018 and I was noticing that I was finding it quite difficult to use my right hand to text with on, on the phone. What I realised I was doing, I was using my uh, it's my right hand is the one that's affected, the one that's affected first. And I was using my left thumb to move my right thumb around on the keyboard. And somebody said to me, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, I'm texting. <laughs> and um, they said, no, but what are you doing with your hand? I said, oh, I, if I just use my right thumb normally, it, it's just, you know, nonsense. So I have to do it like this. And, and that really then, you know, you, you sort of, I notice this with patients all the time. We adapt to things, especially if they come on quite gradually. And and this had probably been something I'd been doing for a little while and I hadn't really even noticed it. I was just texting. And then I noticed that typing on a keyboard was not quite so easy with my right hand. So I thought it's been a long time since I've done anything neurologically, but I thought this feels a bit weird you know it doesn't feel quite right so I'm a man so I ignored it for a bit <laughs> and I noticed though that it wasn't getting any better so I went to see my GP I'd noticed I'd got holding my hands out that there was a slight tremor in my right hand and the GP said um oh, I suppose you think you've got Parkinson's do you and I said well I don't know but I'd I know it's not right, you know, it doesn't seem right. So eventually the, the referral to the, the NHS came through. I had a scan of my brain and it confirmed, yeah, I've got Parkinson's disease. So I phoned my wife at the time um, and, you know, said they think it's Parkinson's disease. That was when it hit me, really. Not when I was sat in the in the clinic room. It was afterwards when I was sort of wandering around in a bit of a daze. And I thought, well, Parkinson's is not going to go away. So it's going to be something I'm going to have to come to terms with. And that took a while, actually. What yeah. was the reaction from friends and family? Uh, well, family were were quite shocked, really, because in many ways, I'm quite private about those sorts of things. I don't like anybody coming with me to, to the hospital. I prefer to deal with all that sort of stuff on my own. But of course, you can't really with something like this because it has an impact on on everything. I was in a slightly different role at the time. I was doing a more of a managerial role at the time. And I am denied about what to do about telling colleagues because, you know, it's a private thing, but it's it's also potentially going to have an impact on work. So I was I did open up to to people at work and, and I have to say everybody that's involved 
with the trust that I've had any dealings with around this has been absolutely fantastic. And friends on the whole most didn't even recognize that there was a problem because I've, I'm on a good regime of drugs that help me maintain what on the outside looks quite normal. But, you know, people do understand and, and I, I felt very supported both at home and at work. So, yeah, it, and that makes a big difference. But then there's the other times when you're on your own. I mean, I've I've had many times when I've gone through some of the frustrations and just feeling quite low and quite anxious about what the future will hold for me. So knowing that the, the that everybody here and, and within my family are very supportive makes a big difference. I bet. Yeah. And I presume with the sort of physical symptoms that you almost can't hide it so people will start to see and so I guess the more people who know and can support you properly then the better and and you mentioned the tremor in your hand there and I think that is I think a lot of people will recognize that as one of the main symptoms of Parkinson's alongside things like slow movements and stiff and inflexible muscles but you you mentioned another word there anxiety and I think a lot of people maybe underestimate the other symptoms that go go with this, such as anxiety, depression, problems sleeping, which I know is a real issue for you as well, Richard, yeah. particularly. So yeah. tell me about that. What's the impact of that on your on your work and your life in general? I think the the non motor symptoms are more difficult to rationalise, really, because as you said, you know, we, we're probably quite familiar with some of the the motor stuff. We see people particularly if you work in the, in the clinical role, we see people with the gait issues and the, the slowness of movement and tremor. But I hadn't, you know, I mean, honestly, around I hadn't really realised how profound the non-motor symptoms are for Parkinson's and some of its related conditions. And, and I would say for me, they're a bigger problem than the motor ones because I can vividly remember having panic attacks at the in the early stages when I was not long after I'd been diagnosed and lying four o'clock in the morning lying on, on my bed and just sort of felt like the the whole of my world was just spinning out of control really and getting sort of palpitations and you know rapidly rapid breathing and I had to really 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 control my you know that anxiety and tapped into all of the mindfulness stuff that luckily I was aware of to just calm myself back down. I think it's worth, you know, mentioning those those sort of symptoms that that, that accompany a condition like Parkinson's because I just don't think that many people would be aware of it. Anxiety is is a big part of it. I found myself much more reluctant to, to go into large crowds of people, which is something which I don't think was was ever a problem for me before. And sleep, wow. <laughs> I probably get on average about four or five hours a night. And once I'm awake, I'm awake. It can be quite tough because you do adapt to it, but it there's a build-up of, if I've had a really rotten week and I've you know had a, several nights where I'm waking up very early, that um, by the end of the week can be quite tough so um, I get much more tired than I ever did before my energy levels can be really quite low so I've, I've adapted I'm much more willing to just say no to things and be a bit more sort of self-aware that I need to harness my 
my energy. And... Mm. I mean, aside from the physical toll that lack of sleep takes on your body, the middle of the night is also it's a very dark place for thoughts and feelings, isn't it? So yeah. if you're yeah. up and you're awake, you don't want to sort of fall down a rabbit hole of that anxiety in in the middle of the night because that's there's no one to talk to. There's no one to ration, help you rationalize that. Exactly. So tell me about what you did turn to. Yeah, well, I've turned to painting. I never did art at school. I was much more science based. I'd had a little bit of a dabble with some painting eight or nine years ago. I just thought I want to be able to do this and whether it looks okay and people like it is irrelevant really because it's about me spending some time doing my own thing. So I started with using acrylic paints and they're really versatile. A few people commented that they thought you know that they looked okay they thought they looked quite good which I thought was was good but it was more the process really of losing myself in the doing of a, a hobby that that took me away from all of those dark nighttime thoughts and I could sort of squirrel myself away in the corner of the house and and I would find myself two and a half hours later or three hours later thinking, oh Christ, I've got to get ready to work. You know, I've got to get ready to go to my, <laughs> really got to put this down. Or I would be at the weekends, I'd just find myself thinking of of nothing other than what I was doing. And it was it was a real pleasure to, to, to find something that I, I was enjoying. I turned to art as much for the comfort that, that I got from losing myself in doing the process. But also, uh, I found it's actually quite helpful because I'm right-handed. My right hand is the one that's mostly affected by the Parkinson's. And there is some value in doing something that is re requires that, that fine motor control in, in the hand. So I think it's, it's also quite good for that from a therapy point of view with something like Parkinson's because it's, it doesn't go away. And it needs a lot of management. I mean, I'm on a fair amount of medication, but uh, using art as a way of helping to deal with this sort of anxiety and stress has been, it's been good. Well, and you're it, obviously pretty good at it as well, because you've had, you. I didn't know if you were going to say this yourself, but I don't think you are, so I'm going to say it for you. You've had <laughs> two of your paintings exhibited in the OXO Gallery in London, haven't you? I did, It's amazing. Yeah. Tell us about that journey. Yeah, so... I do quite a lot of landscapes and seascapes. I've done some wildlife painting of birds and things. So you skim through the internet finding pictures. And I, I stumbled across a website called Parkinson's Art. It's basically a charity. They host a website where you can exhibit some of your paintings and they hold every year an exhibition. So I submitted a couple of my paintings and Two of them were chosen. So the exhibition, it's called Out of the Blue. Yeah, with a diagnosis like Parkinson's, it comes for a lot of people uh, out, out of the blue. So it was that was the sort of premise. It started in Liverpool and then it transferred down to the Oxo Gallery on the South Bank. So um, yeah, I ended up being an exhibited artist on the South Bank in London and I loved it. I loved the whole thing. You know, we went down and looked and posed behind the paintings and it goes up on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. But just 
it's nice. It's a good feeling when you've created something. Other people quite like it enough to say, yeah, we want to put it up in the public and let other people see it. It's quite a nice feeling. To have this diagnosis, and like you say, it doesn't go away. So it's something you've got to come to terms with is a huge, a huge thing. And so to have found a way to find not only some positives for you on a daily basis, but also something that's a bit of a legacy, you know, to paint these paintings and have had them exhibited and to be able to say that, that is a really positive thing. Are you quite a positive person in terms of how you're you're coping? Up and down. I think I have positive and, you know, there are times when I'm I'm less positive and other times when I'm and I'm, I'm more up and I think my partner now she's a business coach and she's done a lot of coaching and she doesn't she's also done a lot of grief therapy and she's probably the most positive person I've ever met in my life we had some very interesting conversations around how you can shape your response to anything really it's okay to feel cross and angry and sad but also you can make a decision to try to change your response if you allow yourself to feel some of the negative stuff and and and, you know almost sort of that's okay you can feel like that but also you can also go in another direction which is a more positive one and I think that for me that was encapsulated really with the art exhibition I wouldn't be sat here talking to you about being an exhibited artist on uh, in the gallery in London without Parkinson's disease. So it's an interesting thing to think about, really. And, and I've, I've resigned or resolved some of my inner angst and turmoil and anger at the diagnosis into thinking, well, I'm going to take it and do something positive with it. And I, I can reach other people and, and help anybody else with either a diagnosis of this you know, of Parkinson's or anything that's a long-term degenerative condition then maybe that's that's the thing to do I even think of my medication in a different way now I used to really resent it because um I take tablets every three hours so I start at six in the morning and I go and until I go to bed at night and I take a, a long-acting tablet overnight so Gosh, it used to make me cross, filling these little odd things. I've got one here. Oh, I need to take some in a minute, one of these things. Um, and I used to get really sort of fill these linking things back up again. These are my enablers now. You know, these enable me to do the things that I want to do. So they're good. Whereas before I used to think of them as they're a hassle, you know, a cross that I have to take these. Little things like that, I think, make a big difference because you see, you see it in a different way. You see it from a different angle, and you know that it is what it is. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep going, keep working, keep as as active as I can. I think the art therapy it's flicked a bit of a switch in my head, taking Parkinson's from a negative side to perhaps I'm not going to say positive <laughs> necessarily, but a less negative. It's allowed me to do do something which I'll be very proud of, and I'm and I know, I know my kids are very chuffed 
when your 23 year old daughter goes wow dad that's really cool <laughs> oh that's lovely <laughs> so yeah you know it it has been a bit of a journey but it I think I could have disappeared down a rabbit hole with it and it's great when you do sort of do some reflection so talking to you is helping it it's really useful to just reflect sometimes because we don't get the chance do we I think that reframing that you're doing, which you, you've put so beautifully about how you can take something and like your medication and just reframe it slightly to make it less of a chore and more of a, like you say, an enabler. I think it does take time to get to that headspace. And I also think it doesn't happen every day. You'll wake up some days and still say, oh, I've got to take those blooming pills. Mm -hmm. And that's OK. It's just that the following day you might say, no, come on come on Richard they are a good thing you know and that's it's about that journey as well isn't it and I think yeah. it's important that people know that it's okay to have days weeks months when you're not okay that's also all right yeah you're absolutely right there are days when it is harder and I, I think being gentle with yourself on those days being kind and being open with your friends and your family and actually being kind to yourself and just saying, you know, this is OK. I'm just I'm not in a great place today and I'm going to look after me. Actually being open about when things aren't so good. Is in the long term, it's a much better strategy. You need to look after you and and I think perhaps Parkinson's allowed me to do that as well. A bit more to, to actually say, I don't feel so chipper today. I'm going to just listen to my body and listen to what whatever my my mind is telling me and just look after me for, for a day but you need to explain that to the people around you so that they understand because i think that then it's easier the next time it happens help them to understand when you're in that sort of place that is an interesting perspective for yourself who has Parkinson's what else would you say to somebody as a kind of piece of advice who is perhaps caring for somebody or you know knows knows a friend who's been just recently been diagnosed don't despair don't feel like you're the only one really you aren't there's a lot of support around so I think I would definitely recommend checking out Parkinson's UK website there's an awful lot of information and there's information about local support groups local support groups for people who've been diagnosed and also for Karen the NHS website is excellent there's the service that's run by NCHNC the neurology nursing team and I'll say hello to Sheila who's been my Parkinson's nurse and she's fantastic um, yeah so it's about looking for support really I think Miranda, it's about the professional support from the healthcare and looking for support from the charity side of things and the information stuff online. You can it can feel overwhelming, but with time and support and with the right sort of treatment, you'll get used to the reality, but it doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, be be and be kind to yourself. That's be gentle. You know, there may be something very positive that will come out of what doesn't seem to be a very positive place. When I think back to how I felt at the time of the diagnosis to how I feel now, it's I'm a, I'm a million miles away from where I was then. Last year it was a South Bank could be 
New York next year. Who knows? Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.